Welcome to Better with Becky. I'm Meg Walter. I'm here with Becky Edwards. Becky, hi. Please introduce yourself and tell us what you're currently doing. I am Becky Edwards, and I am currently in the middle of a race for the U.S. Senate here in Utah, and I am excited to be taking our message around the state and to have an opportunity today to talk about some of what got me in the race and also what people can do to make sure that they can vote in the Republican primary in June of 2022. Yes, so I would love it if we could back up and you can tell me how you, first of all, just got involved with politics in general. So for a, a long time, while I was raising my, my kids, they were younger and I was stay-at-home mom. This was after I'd been working as a social worker and a marriage and family therapist. I spent a lot of time, as a lot of people do, working in the community, advocating for things that were important and volunteering in schools and different projects that were important to me. And really, my involvement in 2008, when I first ran for office for this Utah State House, was a natural extension of that involvement that I'd already been doing. And what kind of got me involved to begin with was looking at some of the things that had happened at the Utah State Legislature around education specifically and thinking, I don't know what those folks up there are thinking. This doesn't reflect the kinds of things I'm hearing when I'm in schools and I'm talking to other parents about what they want to see happen. And I guess I'd been doing a fair amount of complaining. And eventually my kids one day at dinner said, Mom, you should do what you're always telling us. Stop complaining and get involved and make a difference. And at that point, it was February of 20, 2008. And the filing deadline was about a month away. And I thought, you know what? It's a really good point that I should put into practice sort of what I'd been telling them all these years and thinking and knowing that it was important that one person could make a difference. So the next month I filed for office, kind of learned as we went along and really very, very grassroots level. Our kids and family and friends and people that we knew and that I'd been working with in the community all come together and we, we really felt fortunate to get to the primary and then had a really good result in that primary that we were not expected to, to win, but we did. And it started a 10-year run in the Utah House. What were some things that surprised you or you were surprised to learn during that first campaign? I was really gratified, I think, by how willing people were to share their stories with you. You know, you're, you're knocking on doors and you just show up unexpectedly and people were so generous with sharing their life experiences. They really uh, had a yearning to see something different, to see something better for, for their kids. And these would be people across the neighborhoods, across uh, political spectrum, socioeconomic spectrum, whatever. The willingness people had to, to try and uh, make things better, and the belief that things could improve. That, I think, was really gratifying to me. So then what were some of the things that surprised you and that you learned during your 10 years in the Utah State House? One thing that I, I loved hearing was when people who, who were concerned about their own families, clearly, but they always used the word, our, our kids, our neighborhood, our city, our state. 
and the use of the word our always transcended what what the people it transcended the people who were just living in their home it was bigger than that it was the people who were at our school whether that was orchard elementary or adelaide a title one school it didn't matter that that sense of community that sense of cohesion within a the city and and in the state that was um gave me a lot of faith in humanity and and i loved that when i was running and also when i was serving the thing it didn't surprise me necessarily but one of the things that i loved most about serving was bringing all voices to the table on issues that people thought oh either republicans don't get involved in this issue so stay out of this space or people um you know, you'll, this is too big, this is too complex, you'll never be able to get movement on this. And I love defying those odds and bringing voices together. In many cases, people who had been on opposite sides of an issue, but when we're sitting at the table together with that common goal, good things happened. And that was really gratifying. You know, one of one of those things actually took a couple of years to come to fruition, but it was a piece of legislation that we passed dealing with climate and our changing climate and how that would impact kind of our energy development and some of the future of our communities that are really uh, deeply involved in energy here in the state. And it actually, interestingly enough, was generated by a group of high school students out of Logan. And course uh, air quality is huge around the state and in in cash valley as well and they had a, they had written a piece of legislation and in 2017 it didn't get much traction going forward in a committee meeting and so after i approached this group and i said hey i'd really this is important what you're doing matters i'd really love to work with you for for the next year on this issue and could we could we do that and of course they were thrilled so we sat together and we reworked the language of this resolution acknowledging our changing climate here in the state and of course you know around the world but specifically to you tom what that meant and finally when we got to a place that i thought all right i think this can pass a supermajority republican state you know legislature then I started to shop that around to legislators around the state. This was not during the session, this was in the summer months. And I started with the people that I thought would hate the bill the most. And I took that around and I said, we have a resolution here dealing with climate change. I wanna walk through this with you. I want you to read it. I'm gonna sit here right next to you and you tell me where, where we got things wrong, where we went too far words that feel uncomfortable that you can't support and we would go word by word and one of the very first things I heard was stop calling this climate change and I said okay tell me why and and they did and I said well what about the data that actually does show our climate is changing what about this science and they'd say well you can call it changing climate that yeah of course our climate's changing I'm like all right we can live with that so it was a really gratifying experience going around and making small changes and collaborating and compromising, never on the principles 
but on on things that brought people to the table. And I think many folks thought this would would never be able to happen. But by the time January rolled around of 2018, we had enough co-sponsors and enough support that it passed overwhelmingly out of the House and Senate. And when it did, we started getting calls that very next day from newspapers, Wall Street Journal, CNN, New York Times saying, and, and states, red states like Texas, because we were the very first red state to pass any kind of legislation dealing with climate change. And they were all saying, how did you do this, people in Texas? How, what did you do? And I said, well, you know, in Utah, we do things the Utah way. And the Utah way involves compromise, building coalitions, and working together, bringing all voices at the table, not just the ones that already think something's a good idea. And I said, and it also helps if you have a super rock star group of high school students who are right there with you working along alongside. And they made a big difference and they testified in committee and their their comments were uh, impactful and really did sway votes in both the House and Senate. People, legislators were impressed with the stories they shared. So you spent 10 years in the Utah State House, then what? then I had I had always said from the very beginning, I'm a believer in term limits. And of course, we don't have legislated term limits here in the Utah House and Senate. But I believed strongly in that enough that I said, if I was fortunate enough to serve for 10 years, that I would step down. And my husband and I had always planned on serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So we uh, put our papers in, you know, we applied to be senior missionaries. And we got a call to American Samoa. And so five months after I left the house, my husband put his medical practice on sabbatical and he and I flew off to tropical island of American Samoa where we spent the next 20 months as humanitarian missionaries. And it was an amazing experience. And while we were there watching from kind of an outside lens of as to what was happening in politics nationally. And of course, some of this stuff had been going on before, obviously, in the divisiveness and vitriol and um, really dysfunctionality of the national political scene had been happening before, but it really was elevated. Uh, and I saw it through kind of an international lens as people there were asking questions and saying, why does it have to be this way? And I kept thinking, it doesn't have to be this way. It can be be better. We deserve better. And actually, I did it better when I was serving. So I know it's possible because I did it. So when we came home in January of 2021, it didn't take me very long before um, I really reflected on this and sat and I told my husband, I said, I think I'm, I want to run. I think I, I think I can make a difference. And I think it's really important. So I'm going to live with this for a week as though I'm going to run and see how it feels. And then, then we'll talk about it. So the very next day, I just said to him, John, I don't need a week. I'm in. This matters. It's too important not to do and let's let's take this around let's take this message around the state i know that people around the state are are aligning with these same desires for a different type of leadership a better 
better solutions, a better type of, of um, politicking that people can feel proud of and feels like Utah to people. And so jumped in this race and it has been an incredible experience thus far. We announced our candidacy in May, end of May. And so that was sort of the formal start of things. And now we're, you know, three or four months into it from then. And it's been uh, really great to see the momentum and support continue to grow. What is your path to victory? First of all, I have an incredible track record of being an effective legislator for 10 years. I have issues that I worked on that people can can look to and say, okay, I care about disability rights or I care about education or I care about affordable housing. If someone's thinking those things, they just can look at my record for 10 years and say, oh, okay, I can see votes she took, bills that she sponsored. And I think that that 10 year record of being effective is an incredible reassurance for people that they they don't have to wonder, is this just a political soundbite? Is this something that just is you know part of campaign rhetoric? It's real and I have that track record. Second, um, in addition to being effective and having that experience, we've had a lot of momentum in terms of fundraising. Of course, part of a running against an incumbent who has very deep pockets outside the state who are very interested in keeping the status quo is that we're going to need some funds to run this race. In many ways, it's sort of like having a, a startup that you're taking from zero to $5 million in one year. So it's formidable, but we're seeing a lot of support around the state. For most Utahns, they're looking at this race as, as I am and thinking, we have an 11-year incumbent who does not even break 50% approval within the Republican Party. And that's a data point that proves what I'm hearing as we go around the state talking to people who are overwhelmingly looking for something different. And so anecdotally, it matches up with the data is that people are are looking for something different. So Path to Victory, again, is really built on experience. It's built on effectiveness for 10 years in the Utah House, and it's built on the momentum of hundreds of thousands of Utahns who feel exactly the very same way. So what's next? What's What does the campaign need to do? Tell me about getting on the primary ballot and then getting on the general election ballot. Please just lay out the entire process for me. The primary ballot in June of 2022 is, is top of mind for, for us right now, of course. Our main focus is making sure that we're the Republican nominee coming out of that Republican primary. So for those who who want to have their voices and votes heard as many times as possible, there are some important dates. Let me talk about the two paths to that primary. The first path is the caucus convention route. This is where uh, the last of April, the state convention, People who have been elected at their neighborhood caucuses, probably in the middle of March, show up at the state convention, the end of April or 1st of May, 
and they vote. Those state delegates vote on the Republican nominees. And there will be there will be several. And if one of those nominees gets 60% of that vote, they are the Republican nominee on the ballot. They immediately go to the ballot. If more than one person receives 40% of that vote, so that would be two people, then you would have two people go from the state convention and go to the primary ballot. There, This is the caucus convention system that we've had in Utah for a really long time. A few years ago, uh, a bill called SB 54 passed the Utah State Legislature, and it set into motion a parallel path to the primary ballot called signature gathering. And what this means is a person can gather signatures. This is people within your own party. And if you gather enough signatures and they're verified, then that places you on the primary ballot. So for a race of this scale, we would need to collect 28,000 signatures from around the state. And this they need to be authorized to sign these petition uh, signature gathering uh, packets. And those authorized individuals have to be over age 18. They have to be citizens of Utah. And most importantly, they have to be registered as Republicans. And so those signature gathering, that starts in January. First week of January, people can expect to see folks show up on their door or maybe at the grocery store with signature packets that they're gathering signatures for individuals. And some of those folks will be from our campaign. And I hope that if there are people who want to help volunteer to gather signatures, that they reach out and, and contact the campaign because we would love your help. Uh, uh, the legislature last year changed the deadline to register as a Republican, to affiliate. Of course, you have to register as a voter and then you can affiliate with a party if you choose. And March 31st is the new deadline to affiliate as a Republican. Why does that matter? Two reasons. Why and when does it matter? First of all, you need to be affiliated as a Republican by March 31st in order to vote in the Republican primary in June. So this is, this is critical. The second reason why um, that March 31st deadline matters is because when you're si signing a signature packet for a candidate back in January, uh, you will your signature will only be valid if you are a registered Republican. So for our folks that are supporting us, we're actually asking them to affiliate sooner. We're asking them to affiliate now, definitely before Christmas. This could be the best Christmas present you could give yourself is to affiliate as a Republican. So your voice through your vote is heard as many times as possible, which means in the Republican primary. So critical dates are making sure you can sign the signature packets um, in January as a registered and affiliated Republican, and then making sure that you show up at the polls in June. So just to clarify, voters need to be registered as Republicans in order to sign the signature packet in January. Yeah, they do. And so that's why, even though the deadline's not till March 31st, we really are encouraging people to sign now. 
you know, we're hearing from a lot of folks. We have hundreds of people who have reached out on our website, beckyforutah.com, who have wanted to volunteer and, and, you know, help out. And many of those volunteers are going to be helping with signature gathering, but we want to ensure um, that anyone who is interested in helping or even participating in this process of the primary election in June of 2022 affiliates as a Republican as as soon as possible. Just do it now. And we're seeing that a lot of folks are. I'm hearing from a lot of people saying, I registered as a Republican so I can vote for you. Or I read, I'm new to the state. I registered to vote and I made sure I was affiliated as a Republican so I can vote for you. And that's that's critical. Well, Becky, thank you so much. This has been a really fun conversation. Um, We will be back next week with another episode of Better with Becky, and we'll see you then. 